When you live a moral life, you'll find that you put yourself at an advantage in the world because, well, the world is governed by moral laws, not just physical ones. But don't mistake the benefits of being a morally careful person with any assurance of salvation. No matter how good you are, your sin still mars you and keeps you from a relationship with a holy God. Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about how God is using us to equip and engage the body of Christ in evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our local fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Romans 5.20 reveals to us that the purpose of the Ten Commandments was not to show us how we could save ourselves or prove ourselves as good enough for God. It was given to prove to us that we could never be good enough for God by our own efforts, to show us that we needed a Savior to put all of our faith in. You might even begin to think that you're right with God and you're even going to heaven because... Well, you're better by comparison than a lot of other folks because your life is not as tumultuous. I can prove it. See, my life is working out better than their life and it's not proof that you're going to heaven. It's just proof that you live in a moral universe. It's evidence that there's benefit in going with the grain of what God has created, but it's not evidence of any saving benefit that you have before God. And this is what I'll tell you. No matter how faithful you are in following that law, even if you've never known the Ten Commandments and you're just following some rules you've constructed for your own life, no matter how good you think you are, you still sin. You still sin. You don't keep your own expectations for your own life, much less understanding the clear way God, a holy God's expectation for you. And you actually sin much more than you admit to yourself and much more than you admit to others. You do. In fact, you sin a lot more than you even know and you even know. Thus, thus we come to the real purpose of the law. And this is what Paul is talking about in verse 20 of Romans 5. This is the second point here. The law was given to increase our awareness of our own sinfulness. The law was given that the offense might abound. That we might see it. It might be plain to us. It might become clear to us. That it would increase our awareness of our judgment. It would increase our awareness of the death that we deserve. It would increase our awareness of our complete powerlessness to transform or deliver ourselves by our own actions and activity. The law entered that the offense might abound. Now the Jew was listening to what Paul was saying. And the Jew was kind of having a little bit of problem with what Paul was saying. Because Paul was basically saying there's two people in humanity. There are those people who initially, this is true of all of us, are all in Adam, right? And they're all, their lives are centered around Adam and their lives are just the outcome of the sin of Adam coming upon them. And then there are the people who are, and this is the only other people, the people who are all in Christ. And they're transformed in Christ. And they've entered into a transformed righteousness that comes through Christ alone. And they are the ones who have the promise of everlasting life. The Jew says, hey, wait a second, look, I know my history. And there's a little middle ground here. And we're in the middle ground. You're forgetting one other important person in history. You're forgetting Moses. And Moses gave us the law. And we're the people of the law. And that's where our nation, our nation was developed when we stood before Mount Sinai and the law was given. And that's when we became a people of God. Now what they forgot was that before they came before Mount Sinai and received the law, their salvation as a nation came 
when they offered up a Passover lamb to deliver them from the avenging angel of death in Egypt. And they took that lamb and they applied the blood of that lamb to the doorposts of their homes. And they went inside those homes and they faithfully consumed as a type of consuming or taking in the sacrifice that God had provided for them for their sins, that lamb as a family. And they forget that they were a nation of slaves and their salvation came when God parted the Red Sea and God delivered them by His own strong arm. They didn't do anything. They didn't part the waters. God did it all. God took them through the Red Sea and that's when they were saved and they were delivered. And it wasn't until after they were saved and after they were freed from the condemnation and bondage of their slavery that God then gave them a law to follow, to benefit their lives and go with them. They forget these things. So they say, listen, okay, we'll admit that there are these people, these Gentiles that are of Adam, and we'll admit that there is new life to be found in Jesus Christ, but you're forgetting us. We're the people who found our salvation in the law of Moses. Now, Paul is saying, listen, what Adam brought about is so complete. It inundates so completely all the world. There's not room for a third party here. There has to be only one great party, one great person to sweep it all aside the other way, and that's Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul says, you don't understand what the law was given for. Here's what the law was given for. God gave it so that sin might abound and might increase. God gave it to the nation of Israel so they would be the first to recognize the sin in their own life. They would be the first to recognize their own weakness and their own moral failings. And so that they would rush back to the provision that God gave them in the law as well. You know what that provision was? When God gave the law, He also gave to Moses all the sacrificial system. They would rush back by faith to seek mercy and forgiveness in the sacrifice. And here's the truth, what Paul reveals, and you can read this, the whole book of Hebrews is this. Jesus Christ is the absolute, complete fulfillment of all the sacrifices. He's everything. All of them were just a type pointing to Him in His full sacrifice for our sins. He is the spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The law was given to increase your sense of sin to drive you to the Lamb. To drive you to the Savior. To drive you to Jesus Christ. The law was given. The law was given so your sin would increase. Your recognition of your just punishment would increase. In order that you might turn to what it is that God had provided for you. In order that you might be drained of any sense of your own moral strength. You turn to Him. I think times there's this kind of a stereotype that's made of certain Christians that all we do is browbeat people about their sins. That we're just these heavy-handed people that want to kind of peg down the whack-a-moles, you know, pound down the heads of everybody and talk about their sins. Yet if you understand that this is true, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Sin has to increase. Your understanding of it has to abound in your life. You have to recognize the offenses of your life. You have to do so in order that you might repent and believe in Him. That's the single message, repent and believe. Because God has provided an answer for that sin. An abounding of grace beyond anything that you can imagine or anything you could understand. The law is meant to increase your understanding of your sins and drive you to the cross where your sins are graciously forgiven in Christ. If you come to the law and think by it you can prove that you're good enough for God, good enough for heaven, that you'll add your two pennies to the moral value of the work of Christ at the cross, and that these last bits of change from your pocket will get you in. You don't understand. 
God did not give the law for us to use as a means to prove ourselves righteous. He gave the law to us so that he could prove to us that we're all sinners. That's it. Look at Romans 3, verses 19 and 20. Paul's saying this over and over again. Romans 3, 19 and 20. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law entered that sin may increase. This has been the repeated theme that Paul has stated over again in the book of Romans, and there's a reason why. The reason he repeats it over and over again is because over and over again, the heart of man trusts and leans into his own ability to save himself or somehow make the last and important contribution to his own salvation. We want to claim some of the glory in our own saving. But God says sin must increase in your understanding. And you must come to see that you are hopeless in a hopeless situation as an ungodly sinner condemned under God's wrath, an enemy of God, and without any strength to save yourself. So that God gets all the glory in saving you. It's all of God. So Paul says when he came before the law, he said it put him to death. Actually, in Romans 7, 9, Paul says this, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Sin abounded before the law. He was a Pharisee. He was a person who obeyed all the laws and all the rules and thought if I'm just good enough, I'll mount my way up into heaven. And then he came before the law. His image of himself came crashing down and the man that he constructed and thought he was died entirely. And good riddance on God's mind. In God's purposes. In order that as he lay before the father, weeping away his own sin, and clinging to the one provision God has given to him in the son, Jesus dying for his sins, he might receive new life and be made a new creation in Christ. So if you're using the law as a practical measure to improve your life, well, that'll work for you to some extent. You're going to put yourself on the right side of creation and your life is going to get a little better. So if you're, look, if you're just a moral person, life is going to go better. I'm going to tell you, if you develop some habits of highly effective people, if you just follow the moral rules and the moral laws, your life is going to improve, it's going to get better. And so I, it's not an unwise thing to do, but it's not the purpose of the law. Its purpose is to reveal to you that you're a sinner. Actually, it's to reveal to you that you're an exceedingly great sinner. And a salvation that will one day come to turn all the world right is needed to turn you right as well. It's a salvation that comes to Jesus Christ only. So here's the third quick. This is it. Not only does the law cause sin to abound, but as sin increases in our understanding, the law brings to us the super increase of grace that covers all that sin. Against the tide of the world's sin and against the tide of my own sin, God has met it all with something greater, something that makes the river of sin run backwards and eventually run away altogether. God meets our sins with the abounding grace and free gift of Jesus Christ, His perfect sinless life, His final and full payment on our behalf. One of our favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. It's His righteousness. His life perfectly given to us. That is grace abounding. 
That is grace outpoured. Here's our application. Believe the tide of sin in your life cannot be turned away by your own effort. Believe it. Believe the tide of sin in all the world can only be turned away by the same one who must turn away the tide of sin in your own life. And believe that he can and will do it if you believe in himself alone. Believe in Christ for yourself and believe in yourself for nothing. Don't thwart the purpose of the law. See your sin before it, before anything else. And then look into that law and see something. Okay, so before this law, I just see my sin. Then look again and see where you've failed in sin. See a perfect Savior who kept the law and every measure perfectly. And then when you look in the law, see your just condemnation and death and the just wrathful judgment of God against you because of your sins. And then in the law, see your Savior who took that death in your place, took your sin upon Himself at the cross, died for you. Now let the grace of His salvation increase as you trust by faith in Him alone. On that note, let me remind you that your faith in Jesus Christ is to go out to the ends of the earth. Our Lord said, go, and he said it to us all. So think strategically how you can best engage in reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks now for joining us at the Bread of Life, a ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn how you might support our work, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.